Hello and welcome to episode 27 of What Most People Think. How you blimmin' well doing, you old flippers? Oh, I've had a right old prattin' week, me, eh? You plonkers, you pillocks. See what I'm doing here is I've had some feedback, some kickback over the swearing. Now, I know that not a lot of you might not mind the swearing. I do swear a lot on this podcast. It's because I'm basically trying to think of things, you know? And when I'm trying to think of things, the word flip... Right, becomes a comma. Um, so I am giving myself time. See, see, it happened right there. Is I would have normally swore in that bit. So in the end, you got an um. So fuck you. But look, genuinely, I'm going to try and cut down the swearing a little bit, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to do that by using old-fashioned so the words that I use with my son. You know, old sugar, old flipping hell, old fiddlesticks, <laughs> fiddlesticks. So um, fiddlesticks, that just sounds like something Rolf Harris would have used, doesn't it? So, I mean, that's a good example that, you, you know, we, you can take out the swearing, but the content still can be, <laughs> shall we say, you know, on the adult side. And look, it's a risk because some of you might be listening in for the swearing. Some of you might think swearing is big and it is clever and I need to keep flipping going with it and stop being such a s- silly knut. Um, but yeah, so if anyone, if anyone wants to keep tabs on the swearing now. I think this could be a thing. If you keep like a tally count and I will do it like a swear jar. So if one person wants to email me at what most people think UK at gmail.com, if you want to be like the cricket scorer of this thing, we'll do a little uh, a tally count. Every time I swear, it'll be a quid. And then um, at the end of the year, we'll give it to, uh, well, what kind of charity would annoy the leftists? We'll give it to uh, help for billionaires. <laughs> We'll give it to help of veteran retired billionaires because, you know, whoever stops and thinks about them. You know, I, I said on, on Twitter during the week that I don't think uh, billionaires ever get enough credit for their determination because people just go, they sort of act like it, like there's some sort of element of chance in it. Because if it was that simple, I think we'd all be rolling those dice. But but I think that for me, the moment I have enough money, right, the moment I, if I had enough money to live off, without having to do any more work, then motivation would become a massive issue. Do you know what I mean? I What I really want in life, what I'd really like is to just be able to... Because I, I like adulation and cheering and applause. So I'd quite like to just be carried around uh, in my bed and just people lying in the streets, just cheering me, just for being me, just clapping me. I'd still be in there. I'd be watching something on my laptop. That's what I want. I want... I want <laughs> I want hero worship for for watching it like real like uh, narcos on my laptop. That's basically I'd, I'd be very happy then. Uh, I was speaking about the emails. I didn't appeal on social media, but that normally gets roundly ignored for whatever reason. This week there were loads of people emailing, so the letter section will be a bit longer at the end of the show. And I will. There's quite a few people asking me to talk about the the uh, Yorkshire Tea backlash online, where the lefties went for the real sort of symbol of capitalist oppression, which is Yorkshire tea. So I will be getting stuck into that subject. There was somebody else who was talking about Tyson Fury, so we'll be looking at that as well. Um, just a quick tour catch-up. I was last week, I was in I was on, I was was on in Bridport on Friday. That's an interesting place, Bridport. I don't know if you've ever been there. It's out in uh, Dorset there. Is it Dorset, Devon? They get a bit fucking... Oh, there's one. They get a bit tetchy about... Uh, that sort of thing out there. Well, I suppose they have the right to be touchy. If it's the wrong county, it's just the wrong county. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make any difference to the rest of us, does it really? 
how dare you be so far away from London and have two counties that both start with D and both have five letters in? Five letters, six letters, you know, whatever. But Bridport is, um, it's Shoreditch near the sea, is what it is, for old people. I went out, I went out to walk around Bridport during the day, and there was like, um, I couldn't get a seat at any cafe, so that is going to be my retirement plan, is I'm going to open a cafe in Bridport and charge like nine quid for a full English. Uh, then I went to Lyme Regis, I'd like to thank everybody in Lyme Regis that came to the show, and I'd like to also thank you for buying your tickets so late, that was brilliant for my blood pressure. You know, we were looking at a half-empty room forever, and then on the last day, everyone in Nine Regis went, oh, yeah, that's fine. It's fine, we'll go out. But I appreciate you coming. And then uh, Colchester Arts Centre on Sunday, so Sunday night, and there were, yeah, nearly 300 people there, which was cool. And um, the Colchester Arts Centre, does anybody know that area? I've been there five times now. I always, I don't know how I get there. It, they don't seem to want to be found. It's, uh, it's, like, it's almost like you've been kind of... Uh, had one of those masks thrown on you and put in the back of a van and they drive you somewhere. So you never really fully know how you get there. But that was a fun gig. Sunday night ones can be a bit weird sometimes, but that that was good. That was rocking. Um, and quick thank you and a fuck you. Now, th- th- this is exempt from the swearing tally, I'm afraid, because this is a feature, right? This is a feature in the podcast. It's a thank you and a fuck you. I want to thank my wife, who on Saturday, so I got back, sorry, Sunday, I got back from um, uh, Lyme Regis in the morning I was knackered and I was, t- you know, I was tired, which is the same thing. And then she made me this ham and cheese toasty with French bread and strong, mature cheddar and mustard. It was, it was amazing. I just thought this would be worth being obese for, because it's sometimes with like, you don't know when you put on weight and you just think, eh, well, it wasn't worth it. Do you ever get that when you go in a KFC and it's just like, I don't mind doing the filth, but when the filth doesn't really deliver. But this ham and cheese thing, man, I could have... Uh, it's the kind of food I would get winched out of my house for, live on telly. You know those those big flippers? Those big... <laughs> feck. Can I say feck? It's amazing how Mrs. Brown's boys just gets away with that. Just because just it's an old woman. It's not even an old woman. Feck. It's just so close to the word. The other word, right? And uh, the fuck you uh, is to the guy that heckled me onto stage at Lyme Regis. Now, I've done a lot of gigs in my time. I have never been heckled onto stage. I was backstage and they have a backstage mic there to announce you on. Because that's the level I'm touring at, is that I have to drive myself to the gigs. <laughs> oh, a thing happened after the Colchester gig. I was like, I, you know, so when you have a nice gig and there's a few hundred people there, I think the punters want to believe that you're kicking ass. You know, like all that effort. Uh, there must be the rewards, but these uh, these two couples saw me getting my um, my uh, five year old Seattle beefer, and you could just see the lo- the the loss of respect for me. And I had to drive not only that I have to drive myself, right? I, I could have a tour manager, and I could have someone drive me, but I'm I'm looking I'm all about the bottom line, baby. You know what I mean? And I um, antisocial. Do you know what I mean? A tour manager, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of mileage to do, isn't it? With someone that you might hate, right? So, um, but yeah, this guy heckled me onto stage at Lyme Regis. So I was backstage and I was waiting. And then for some reason there was a delay putting my walk-on music on. And this guy went, come on, Jeff. <laughs> Classic, you know, kind of old, sort of West Country conservative. He's just, you know, he's thinking I'm a, he, he didn't want to dip into the next hour for the babysitter. And then, so I started having a bit of back, back and forth with him on the mic backstage and they went, then when I went out there, he, he didn't claim responsibility for it. It was a classic hit and run heckle. You know what, mate? If you're going to battle with the master, at least, you know, at least step up and own it. All right. But it did, you know what? It did actually help me start the second half with a few laughs. So basically, I'm saying this, bloke, that's now a thing in the show. Get in touch with me. Uh, you can be my tour manager and you can call me a prick off stage. <laughs>
know there was this thing online this week after the tragic suicide of Caroline Flack that the whole move was to be kind to each other. Okay, be be nice online, be nicer on Twitter. Well, I mean, as I say it, that sounds like not that possible. But so it kind of came to a head that it hadn't really worked when a couple of days ago uh, there was a photo of the Chancellor Rishi Sunak. You know, the young guy that Boris has put in. Not at all because he's young and impressionable. And he, he did a photo of him holding up a bag of uh, Yorkshire tea, right? Because obviously the Tories are still still banging this north where they're going to be banging it for a while. The old, uh, you know, Northern Tories. All right, we drink Yorkshire tea, you know. <laughs> we like what we say and we say what we like as Tories. That's right. Our policies digging, just blogging away line and length. Um, I'm surprised they'd probably start doing photos soon where they've got like uh, somebody playing bar billiards in the back do you know what I mean and just <laughs> and just like uh, Pretty Patel just rocks up wearing a wearing a flat cap smoking a roll up just with a, a whip it <laughs> but anyway they're, they're working this whole northern thing and um, but the, the backlash online was because uh, the, the hard left the crazy this might be peak hard left I think where they went online and an, a number of people sort of had a pop at Yorkshire Tea, essentially, because they were seen to be, I don't know, Tory adjacent, in bed with the Tories, to the point where the person that runs the Yorkshire Tea Twitter account um, had to post this quite shocked response to everything that had happened. And he's like, look, guys, we just we just make tea, all right? Like, <laughs> I mean, it just shows how mad the whole thing has got, doesn't it? Like, what are these people on the left expecting? Do they understand how business works, right? Yorkshire Tea want to sell tea to the maximum number of people. That is the point of being a brand, isn't it? You want to be, you don't want to exclude anybody. So what, what do they expect that they're going to say? They're just going to come out and just say, Yorkshire Tea would like to distance themselves from being drunk by conservatives who, at the last election, 45% of people voted for. That doesn't sound like good business sense, does it? That's just mad. It's just mad. I don't know if these people, they just, if they realise that they claim to hate the Tories, right? And they claim to love left-wing politics and policies. And yet they do so many things that just scare the shit out of the shizzle, the shizzle out of the, the British public. You know, just think, because you sort of associate those people with Labour being in power, right? You think like, you know, the Labour talk about referring to the membership. How many crackpots like this? Are in the membership, and I know, I know, I know. Karl Marx once said that everything is political, but I, I don't think he meant tea. I really, don't, I really don't think that he's he meant tea. And you know, where where uh, where are the where was the solidarity in the tea community? Yeah, I would like to say that Tetley, your your silence spoke volumes. I would like to have seen more from PG Tips. Uh, but come on, mate, you telling me that Twinings isn't Tory? We all know that's the fanciest tea. Twinings, Darjeeling. It's just mental, right? And then um, a few days before that, obviously, last week's question time, there was a woman that did a bit of an anti-immigration uh, rant, right? She she said some things which were sounded xenophobic. And I'll be honest, if you said, Jeff, you have to put your, your house on whether or not she is xenophobic, uh, at the very least, I would say she probably was, right? But the thing was, she didn't say anything in the rant that was specifically racist although it's you know fair to say you certainly got that sense but anyway this is in the week of be kind where we're, st we're trying to to not pile on mentally um vulnerable people right so this clip gets shared 
and it gets a it gets in the region of ten million views. Yeah, this person, uh, people are insulting her viewpoints, which you know they're fair enough to take her on for that, I guess. But then insulting her hair, you know what I mean? Just this hate campaign against her, and you're sort of thinking she's she's a member of the public. She's got no experience of this sort of thing. And what if what if she topped herself? Do you know what I mean? Like, what what would we be saying then? With these thousands of messages of you know people who should know a lot better. Um, just going to town on this woman, who after all is a civilian, right? I just, you know, I mean, the, the the main thing about Twitter is is that you've just got to just got to remember that it's not real. I don't understand. I don't understand why so many people, um, why so many people just treat it like real life. You know, it, let, let's call it what it is, right? It is um, is they should rename the website, right? They should call it Opinion Wars. That's what they should call it. Just make it like a game, because it is a game. Call it like, like it's like Candy Crush, isn't it? For people that like arguing, and you, you know, you should have, you should call it scores instead of retweets and likes. You know, you should, that you should gamify the whole thing. I mean, I think like, like me, you know, I've been through my things where I've had a couple of pylons myself. One thing I think that maybe um, could make Twitter better is if people stop quote tweeting. And I'm so, sorry, I realise not everyone's on Twitter and stuff, but this is kind of the story of the week. Um, quote tweeting is when, instead of just replying in the comments section below, like a man, like a fucking grown-up, people then quote their tweet to all their followers and reply as a quote. And I've always thought there's something a bit off about that. That's kind of, it's like, it's if you were at a party and, and you got into a heated discussion with somebody, instead of just replying to them... It would mean that you were just like shouting all your answers across the room to try and draw as many people in to the discussion. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I don't agree with what you've said about immigration there, Clive. So I'm not into the quote tweeting thing. I think that if it's politicians or journalists or people with power, yeah, you quote tweeting. But I get plenty of stuff from nutty lefties and stuff. But I look at their profile. Do you know what I mean? It says, <laughs> you know, JC 4 p.m. Uh, you know, like uh, trade unions, the little Labour rows, and I just look at their foes and I think, yeah, these are just normal people getting excitable on Twitter. They don't need me causing somebody to have them uh, a pile on. I told, did I tell you before that um, that I had a message on Facebook once, like, because I get I get some of my worst messages on Facebook because they don't, you know, they they, they think it's a safer place really to come at me in the form of a message where other people can't see it. And this one guy um, really had a pop at me, and then he he forgot to hide his profile. He thought he'd hid his profile, and it turned out he was working at a church. He was like a lay preacher. I thought, Jesus Christ, it worked. Um, so yeah, I, I try not I try not to take it too seriously. I mean, there's things that I love about Twitter as well. Is that I love I love it when I think it's a great leveler. You know, one of the, the reasons I quite like that show Made in Chelsea was because I quite like seeing really posh, attractive young people. Just, 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 just acting like dicks, right? And and what you see on Twitter is you see like academics, you know what I mean? Properly intellectual people getting involved in these childish, free day arguments. You know, you just see, you just see it like running into hundreds of messages, and you just think these people have got like PhDs, man. You know, these blue tick professors versus blue tick journalists, and then you just know that they 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 should be doing like clever person stuff, you know, like reading or. You know, just uh, writing a new paper on something, but there they are going. No, no, that wasn't the point that I made, and I think you know this full well. 
<laughs> they get so involved, don't they? I think you know full well what I meant by that. And anyway, that's that's fine for you to be like that. It's incredibly childish. So you, yeah, you just. Yeah, I mean, literally, they're on the verge of what they really want to do is just blow a raspberry, but they're, they're, desper- they're desperately trying to still keep some shred of dignity by throwing the odd bit of vocabulary in there. But what they're having is just a little cat fight. It's great. But the great thing about Twitter, you certainly get to see otherwise smart people just acting like, like children. And, you know, but some people need to believe that Twitter is real, that there's a vested interest in, in that, because... If you believe that it has actual power, right, despite the fact that there's lots of evidence at the moment that it doesn't, then then it's a tool for change, isn't it? And if you're like, you know, this is where a lot of Labour activists, because I, I, I listened to a documentary on the radio, right, and it was about why Labour lost the election. It was only a half hour documentary. I think it could have been four days long, but the um, and they had Richard Berger on it and he was talking about the moment, you know, when the journalist kind of sort of doorstep Boris with the image of the very sick child and then Boris kind of pocketed the phone which was not a good move right um but then Richard Bergen was talking about it in his he said and he thought that that, he thought that might be a moment that turned the tide in the election he was saying yeah no we saw that you know when Boris and uh, we thought that might be our our moment where we could turn the tide it's a clip Richard this is a general election that was a single moment and I think that that sort of betrays how much power they invest in. And I understand why, you know, like if you've got a lot of millennials working on a campaign, you know, millennials, they're not good. they don't want to do the door knocking, do they? They don't want to go out. They get all nervous. Bless them. I had this thing the other day that uh, millennials get performance anxiety when leaving answer phone messages. <laughs> oh, we failed them, haven't we? I think it's we, we shouldn't really like give shit to them because it's not that it's, it's something in the parenting or the schooling of these people where you get performance anxiety leaving a message on an answer phone. I mean, like what, what, what why make something like that so important? Where everyone knows that when you're leaving an answer phone message for a mate, you leave the serious bit of the message and you end by calling them a prick. Just just when they think it's going to go beep, this is what you do just to, to ease the tension. You just say, yeah, no, I was just calling it to see if you're still up for uh, Wednesday. You wanker! I'll take the pound for that one because it was worth it. But So maybe we just need to train them how to be uh, a bit more grown up. But, you know, I don't, I don't understand as well, like, with the with the Yorkshire tea thing. Like, there is this thing on the left. If they, if they think or perceive that anybody that they like or love or have time for is in any way right of centre, that that, finishes them that cancels them it happened with Kate Bush who expressed passing admiration for Theresa May you know there was um, I think even Craig David there was this story knocking about that he'd said something a bit pro Cameron I mean to Craig David he look he looks a bit Tory to me do you know what I mean fairly he likes a few quid doesn't he yeah but he um but yeah then the moment that that happens you get the usual reaction is like oh well another another legend ruined another legend ruined why would you do that do you know how as a as a right-wing person, how many times I've had to see left-wing people I admire say things that essentially implicate that they would hate me or that they think I'm stupid or a racist. Steve Coogan's a good example. You know, he's said numerous sort of pejorative insults against, like, Leave voters and Tories. Does that mean that I can't still enjoy Alan Partridge, right? Does that mean that I can't, you know, watch The Trip? Yeah, I, still, I, can, I can separate his work, right, from what he might think of me as a person you know my politics maybe they are more more slightly in line with Alan Partridge 
than the bloke who created him. <laughs> so what? But I just think, you know, it's been ironic in the week of, you know, following uh, Caroline Flack's uh, suicide that we had, be kind. And I would say that it's possibly been the most unkind <laughs> week in social media history. So let's just let's just drop any pretense that social media is ever going to get cleaned up. It is what it is, right? Either do it and accept all the bullshit that goes with it and and, and put it in its correct place. Don't get overly excited about it or, or, or just or just go on Instagram. Do you know? Or apparently apparently the apparently the hate on Instagram is worse. I've got to be honest, I'd rather people hate my opinions than my face. <laughs> Plug um, for a couple of shows. Uh, they've been. I've had a couple of weeks of really good sales. There's ones that have sold out now. Um, Peterborough sold out. Um, Bath has sold out. Uh, Maidenhead sold out. And Bedford had sold out, but we've added more tickets. So this week, as what is it? Week commencing the 24th or whatever of February. We're in, we're in Chester on Thursday. There's a few tickets left for that. Same deal with Lincoln on Friday, and then on Saturday I'm in Bedford, and they've opened up um, some extra seat in there. And um, yeah, there were, a lot of the venues are now on kind of like that haven't sold out are on about 80%. So you you know get your skates on if you um, if you like skating. <laughs> Or buy some tickets if you want to come to my, sh my show. Get your skates on. That, that could people still... I just want to... Uh, as a phrase, was there ever a time when... when that You know, because you think all phrases come from somewhere literal, in, in essence, like at the beginning. That's what I always think is interesting about throwing out the baby with a bathwater, right? It's one, it's one of those kind of like commonplace phrases now, but it must have been one time where that did happen. Like, there, there must have been, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't become a phrase. You know, like back in Victorian... England, where they're all throwing their shit out of the window and stuff like that, and you know the the baby and the I'm just saying, you know, men aren't aren't that observant. And it had been a guy, right? He had one he had one domestic task that week. He comes downstairs, you know, he's probably got a bit of a uh, bit of plague on him or something. I don't know. It's probably a completely wrong era. And his wife says, "Oh, well done, that's that's lover. Have you?" <laughs> I don't know why. For me, historical English people always from Norfolk. I don't know why. Uh, have you uh, thrown out the bathwater? He's like, yes, I have, dear. And then she says, and what about uh, that baby? And he's like, I'm just going back upstairs, dear. So some of the shows coming up, Stourport. Now, Wrexham has um, sold a few. These were my stragglers, Wrexham and Stourport. Wrexham sold a few. After my last appeal on the show for more tickets in Stourport, I had 12 returns. What is wrong with you people in Stourport? Why, why are you doing this to me? Don't get me wrong, there's enough people in both those rooms to have a nice gig. I'm just saying it could uh, do uh, with more. So, yeah, just buy tickets. Come to the tour. Tell people about the podcast. Leave a nice review. Tickle me. Touch me. Make it better. Go fishing with me, because Father never did. What most people think. Um, so the next thing we talk about here is, is Tyson Fury. So he uh, he won those, but he won the belts on Saturday night uh, he, against Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder just sounds brilliant. It just sounds like a character out of Coming to America too. And I can't, I can't do the late night boxing anymore. I don't know about you, but I, you know, there's that period. I think in your early thirties, mid thirties, where it's sort of like it's that illicit thing of yeah, let's stay up. It's like Ashes cricket, isn't it? There's something magical. There is something truly magical about sport that happens during the night because it's not. It's one time when it's not supposed to happen. It's it's happening when everyone's. A, you know, as you hit middle age as a man, obviously, you know, you don't believe in, you know, a lot of things. But 
but I believe in the magical power of overnight sport. However, you've got to stay up for it, haven't you? How many times have you done that with the, with the Ashes? You go, I'm staying up. It's the first night. The Ashes down under. I'm staying up. Look at that. Harmson's come. You're just out. You're just absolutely out. And then you wake up like, you wake up during the lunch interval as well. That's the annoying thing. <laughs> you wake up, think like, you actually feel like you could watch something there and then freaking, um, freaking. Uh, is, this is not going to work, me not swearing. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it wasn't, um, yeah, it was just too late for me. I think there might come a point with age where you where you get up and you start getting up so early you're able to watch the Vegas fights again. I bet you in the old people's home, old Bert and Bill, they were just sitting up anyway. They were up anyway. It's half four. They're like, oh, look at look at this, Bert. Why is everyone Why is everyone a yokel in my mind at the moment? And they just, yeah, they just watch that. Watch that. And it was um, an incredible comeback, you know. I don't know if you saw that guy. There was a guy on LinkedIn called Mike Lewis or something. He basically tried to claim credit for Tyson Fury's comeback. He said to him, yeah, about a few years back, I went up to him and said, Tyson, dude, what are you doing? you got all the talent in the world. Your fist is as big as my head. And he, you know, I'm not. And then the guy was like, <laughs> false modesty. He was like, look, I'm not claiming total credit for it. Yeah, you're not claiming any credit, bro. You probably, yeah, you're probably the 15th guy that said exactly that to him that night. Um and then, of course, so he wins, right? He's this incredible story of a guy that plumbed the depths of despair, the Gypsy King, who inexplicably had a Nigerian mouth guard. I mean, he's quite he's quite an off-the-wall guy, right? But obviously, there were these issues with these homophobic statements that he made a while ago. And since then, he did come out. Uh, he's apologised for them and, and, and so on. And, um, and But some people, like, they're not, they're not happy about that. It came, up, it came up again. And I thought, I wonder what, I wonder what people want. Um, I wonder what people want from people in terms of apologies and they do really want to cancel them don't they if they're saying that you know that was several years ago you've apologized now in your moment of great success it has to come up again then you go well you don't that means that redemption is impossible for you what and and, and if in if in redemption if true redemption is impossible what what is the incentive to change your opinions right what's the incentive to be better if you know that like the moment you step out of line right the moment you step out of line that you'll be held accountable forever. You're not going to stop Tyson Fury being a huge figure in sport and culture. You know, he is... I mean, like, I wonder what they think about it. Like, again, it's this double standards coming from the left about whether whether they reflect on some of their heroes that have said unpleasant things about the working-class lead voters, you know, or or Tory voters, you know, or, or, or really unpleasant things about people that they politically disagree with. I wonder whether they even class that in the same sphere you know because ultimately all these things are is pejorative insults about a group of people that you don't like right and you know you are that's the nature of prejudice isn't it like what Tyson Fury said about gay people was unacceptable right it's unacceptable he's called out for it and he apologized but you know there's certain people in the public eye who have yet to apologize for stuff that they've said about large groups of people but you know there is this because I mean look, look at um but equally, I don't. I think the the right wing um, are guilty of this as well, to a point. You know, like just getting obsessed with what celebrities. I mean, it goes to back to the Yorkshire Tea thing, to a point, of what obsessed with what celebrities feel politically, or whether or not that means you can like them. Because obviously, we had this lad, Dave at the Brits, a British rapper. He's only twenty one, and uh, he spat a couple of bars. Yeah, I've been I've been getting down with the lingo. I've been watching rhythm and flow. Have you, have you right? If you're if you're into hip hop or not, 
There's a show called Rhythm and Flow on Netflix, and it is just really interesting. It's kind of like uh, X Factor, but for rappers. But it's way better than X Factor because they're all doing their own stuff. But one of the main best things about it is the rapper Cardi B, because she's the strangest woman I've ever seen on television. She would just be talking, you know, she's kind of Puerto Rican, and she'd say some things, and then every once in a while she'll say, you know, I just had a little bit of my drink there. And I can't work this woman out. I cannot work this one out. Why she goes from being a kind of, sort of like a, a ghetto woman. I just had one of those fear moments there. Can you say ghetto? It's ghetto. I, I need an update on that. Is ghetto as a word being cancelled? Yeah. The hood. She's a hood woman. I don't know. But but then she just starts, starts speaking like that a little bit. I didn't enjoy what you did there, kid. I don't It's such a strange... Like, if you just said, right... Give me a prediction of how you think this woman's going to speak based on her appearance. <laughs> it would not be... You know, like kind of Jack Lemon. Um, but it's a fun show. But anyway, so David the Brits, uh, he did his kind of politically inspired bit at the end and then he, he sort of, he pointed out that Britain being less racist is still racist, right? Which is a fair point. But I still think we can celebrate the fact that Britain is among the least racist nations in Europe. We've had a lot of self-flagellating since Brexit over... The fact that it's some sort of racist dystopia here. What is so, it seems so obvious to me, like, where we're at with race in this country, is that it's right to acknowledge that it's decent here, but it's right to try and do better. Why can't both things happen? But, you know, and he said this thing. And in a way, like, a few people on the right got annoyed about what he said. I, I, he's 21. He's a rapper. Like, what? what? It'd be a bit weird if he come out, like... <laughs> It'd be a bit weird if he come out and started doing some bars about, you know, about, yeah, I'm, yo, I'm ripping for the nation. I kind of agree with Pretty Patel on immigration. That would stop it stone dead. Like, you're not, no one's expecting him to do that. But what I would say is, with some of these British rappers that are making a lot of money now, Stormzy, Dave, you know, people have been around a bit longer, people like Kano and stuff, is that, that you know, wealth accrues. Then you sell a few houses. I just want to know. I just want to know what happens when we go back to these rappers in a few years and they've uh, had their first experience of capital gains tax. <laughs> I, I just saying. I just wonder if Wiley, uh, the older, the sort of godfather of UK grime, I wonder if I wonder if he's sort of slipped a little bit to the right and just kept it quiet. You know what I mean? You, you would never hear from the ones that had turned Tory. That's the point, isn't it? That's the point. Unless you're Kanye, right? But if an artist does slip right wing, they just they just shut the, they shut up. A bit. <laughs> it's really hard to swear. They just shut the they shut the flip up about it, the fiddlesticks up about it, right? Because they know it could be bad for business, or they think they could be bad for business. Maybe it wouldn't be bad for business. Anyway, look, I I think that Tyson Fury, I really enjoyed his victory. Um, somebody sent a letter in was Alex. He said, "Will Fury, will Tyson Fury versus AJ?" Anthony Joshua, become part of the culture war. And I think that's a really good point, Alex, because everything has to be part of the culture war now. So what he's essentially saying is, will all the leavers vote for Tyson Fury? Uh, maybe, because well, he's a white guy, because he's had a history of saying some uh, politically incorrect things. Or will the woke types vote for AJ, because he's a young black man and he's very clean cut and he doesn't say those things, right? You would say, instinctively, that AJ was a Remainer, I don't know if Tyson Fury voted Leaf. I don't. Think, I think Tyson Fury is that off the wall. I think he voted for something completely different. You know what I mean? They said, do you want to leave or remain in the EU? And he probably said, I want to join Japan, right? Because he's 
He's got strange sort of intelligence. Like he says things that are so weird that you think you'd have to be pretty smart to come up with that. But um, but yeah, well, that'll probably become a culture war, won't it? You know, and then they'll both bring all those expectations into the ring with them. Maybe we could put it all on that and go, look, right, right versus left, woke versus anti-woke. Let's be like gamblers and just stick it all on Fury versus AJ. Okay, the winner takes all. <laughs> like if 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 Tyson Fury wins, right? You you no longer have to use the word people of color because <laughs> evidently white conservatives have never fully understood how that's different from colored, right? There'll just be little things that will get settled. But, you know, if AJ wins, then, you know, <laughs> everyone else will have to accept that men can have babies. That would be, yeah, that would, that would raise the stakes, wouldn't it? Then you'd have like some Shoreditch type staying up till four in the morning, doing some of that cocaine they buy off gangs that they claim to be worried about. Oh! story here from news of the week news of the week that's a new that is if you did a crap satire or something that would be what you call news of the world uh the banning of all-inclusive holidays so this was a um a holiday company who i should probably know hang on you're gonna hear me typing here and yes sound nerds this is unprofessional i don't care um so it was banning all-inclusive they banned wet wood as well on another anyway that was uh, that was me trying to buy time um, so, all-inclusive booze holidays to be banned. This is in the Liverpool Echo. Oh, my God. It's the first time I've ever been on this website. Well, they know I'm a Tory. Well, they do a face scan out of them with a camera coming out of my phone and just say, Hey, Cockney, fuck off. This ain't for you, mate. The Liverpool Echo, right? So, holiday makers are set for big changes as all-inclusive packages are scrapping unlimited booze. So, the number of free alcoholic drink- drinks handed out will be restricted as a part of a crackdown on health, safety, and antisocial behaviour. And also a crackdown on their costs. Let's be honest. I mean, this is classic. This is like the kind of travel operator equivalent of when they put a rainbow on a sandwich and expect to sell it to gay people, right? They just say, oh, it's because of antisocial behaviour, health, safety. What they've just sort of realised is that, hey, if we, if we said that you've got unlimited beer, but then we limited it, do you think we could maybe manage some costs and of course they've they've made the excuse for a uh, spokesman for abta said abta strongly supports initiative that improve the health and safety of holiday makers as well as the welfare of local communities some of the measures introduced by balearic islands authorities to limit antisocial behavior have took have the potential to cause confusion for hol- uk holiday makers so we welcome the recent clarification from the authorities i mean it's this is this is right. This is like I remember when I used to be a teacher. One of the worst things you could do as a teacher is to keep the whole class back because the the mad kid that's stabbing everyone with a compass, you couldn't get control of him. So you're actually scared of that kid because you've actually met his family at parents' evening, and the old man's a bit of a nutter. So you go right. Everybody's staying back. Everybody's staying back. Everybody's staying back because you just you know this is every this is not everybody's problem, is it? Like most of us can deal with having all inclusive holidays, right? You just, you know, just because some people want to put Tia Maria on their fucking cornflakes, like, on their flipping cornflakes, right? I, I, it doesn't mean all of us, why should we all stop having fun? I don't get it. The, and the thing is, I don't think like, like this kind of behaviour is even at its worst now. This was way worse in the 90s, wasn't it? And early noughties. Remember seeing that, that girl give like sort of 16 blowjobs on the beach. That was, that was definitely the high watermark. I mean, I'm making out like I think it's a good thing. That was definitely the the Hall of Fame. Uh, 
No, I, I think that drinking was just higher then. Drug taking was higher then. This what what it feels like to me, right? Is they probably had a downturn in revenue, and they've gone. It's one of these, you know, like you know when when hotels go. Um, yeah, to help the planet, we're gonna. We're please, please let us recycle the towels and not wash them unless we need to for the planet. Just have the balls, just to say and go. Look, it's been a tight year. Um, some people are taking a piss with the free booze, so we're just gonna limit it sometimes, okay? And at the end of the day, if you are a rampant alcoholic, you can always go around that dodgy little, you know, that dodgy little corner, little um, little Ibiza fella that will send you moody vodka under the counter for four euros a litre, right? Just say that. But no, they, yeah, that's what bugs me. Is all right, ban it. Do you know what I mean? Just take away that liberty, but don't act like you're doing it for humanity. I was, um, I went on a recent ho- uh, holiday in um, in January. I went to Cape Verde, which sounds nice, and it is kind of nice, you know. And uh, excuse me, I'm just drinking a coffee there. And um, we, yeah, where there was, uh, I was standing at the bar, and this old lady come up, right, and everyone was waiting for alcohol, and this old lady come up, and she had two. She had two little flasks there, two little thermos flasks, and I thought, oh, look at the old dear. And she'd probably come to get a little bit of tea or maybe a hot chocolate. Her and the old man sitting in the room playing dominoes. That's nice, isn't it? You know, she'd come, why should she have to make tea? She's on her holidays, right? So she's a German woman. And then she gave both of the flasks to the geezer behind the bar. And she went, can I have vodka in this one? And can I have coke in this one? She was getting shit-faced, wasn't she? That was her little plan. She wanted one full up with vodka... One foot. She didn't want to piss about coming home, coming down to the, coming down the bar every five minutes. She's getting on one. Do you know what I mean? It looks like she's getting on. Yeah, the knees won't take it. So she's gone for an all-in, one-stop shop. She's just tanked up on vodka, and her and the old man have got absolutely obliterated. And I, I imagine, I, I just don't like why, why is there this constant interference with adults? Yeah, some, you know, here's nothing. Adults sometimes like getting messed up. Yeah, and this is what will happen with this is that you'll have another resort, yeah, that will now... I started to sound a bit like David Brent, yeah? You'll have another resort, yeah? You'll have another resort now that will... Another country that will just go, all right, well, yeah, we'll do it. There'll be people going for, like, stag dudes, like Kazakhstan will become the new Ibiza. And we'll all just... We're, <laughs> we'll all wear mankinis and, and, and yeah, we'll... I mean, look, we've got previous with Kazakhstan, haven't we? And if you are from Kazakhstan, nobody ever thought that Borat was, you know... A totally faithful guide of a Kazakhstani male. It's just a bit of fun. Stop being so sensitive, or it'd be, it'd be somewhere else, wouldn't it? Like, because I mean, all, what I love about like once you get to a certain age is that places that were like no-go areas or war zones would eventually become holiday resorts. So, for young, for young people now, the Vietnam, like when I was growing up, Vietnam is still very much remembered as a war-torn place. So, I do sometimes wonder where the next war-torn place come party destination will be. I think Kabul. Would be great, wouldn't it? If you told the one of your mates are having a stag, go kaboom in Kabul, and it'd be like some really like crass marketing, wouldn't it? Like you could go and like fire a like a FPG or something like that, or you could throw some phosphorus grenades and <laughs> go kaboom. You just have like some local guy, and they just uh, they could even have like some retired Taliban guy that would just just come and tell you some Taliban story. I don't I don't know if that would work. Taliban, Taliban Terry, he'd be called, and he'd just do some like after dinner speaking. <laughs> you know, like the footballers, when they do, like the old footballers, you get them out in like the shires and all that, it'll be like an evening with Alan Kerbishley, right? And there'll just be loads of blokes just wanting that. All right, Kerbs, how's it going, mate? Yeah, me and my old man used to watch it down a valley. 
And then, yeah, that'll be a story, wouldn't it? You'd all thrown a few quid for Taliban Terry. And you come home and you go, oh, yeah, it was amazing. We went in this thing, right? They took us down and they took us, uh, they put the hoods over us, right? We did, they spun us around, they threw us in a van. Before we knew it, it was in the desert, right? And then they had it set up like a little stand-up comedy club. This little geezer comes out of Kalashnikov and basically, yeah, just tells us the background uh, to Taliban, how he got involved and stuff, and just shows us a few tricks of how to sneak past border patrols. And then... Um, and then, uh, yeah, then we went on a banana boat. <laughs> so, yeah, I honestly cannot remember what I was talking about this. So the bottom line is, if you, yeah, if you, if you want to avoid sending young men out to recent war zones, then just let, just let people get drunk, for God's sake. All right? Don't, people have already got book, holidays booked in this. This is, we should be go to the European Court of Human Rights. And yes, I know I said that deliberately for the Remainers. I know we're going to be leaving... But let's let's make this the last case that we ever take to the European Court of Justice, human rights. Are they the same? I don't know, I'm just a stupid lever, me. Okay, so like I said, we had a few letters today. I have no idea why so many people wrote in this week, but it's good. Thank you for doing that. Um so I'm gonna sort of sort of give summaries of them and give quicker responses here. The this is a letter from James who now lives in Aberdeen but he's born in Middlesbrough. You James, you love you love living in the glamorous places, don't you? I was uh, grew up in Middlesbrough Lake and uh you know I thought uh, it's a bit too warm here. Like I'm gonna get myself to Aberdeen. That was bad. That was a bad accent. There was a little bit in the middle where I had it. And so he's saying, so now he's he's a resident, he lives in Scotland, and he says that, you know, there's talk of another independence vote. He says, his head says vote independence, because he's a libertarian, right? You can understand that. His heart says, stay with Britain. I think, this is the weird thing, isn't it? I can understand why the Scots are pissed off, a lot of them, because this is the irony, the Brexit has actually made leaving the EU more parlous, so people may be in the position that they want to leave the EU more now, but it's probably a worse idea I've said before, the logic of like, we want to leave a successful union and then we want to rejoin the EU. Which, sorry, which successful union do you have an issue with? What, the one that goes back several hundred years and you have a huge amount of trade with or the one that, you know, is more recent? Uh, anyway, I, I don't fully understand it. I don't fully understand it. But, you know, you, you head says independence, heart says stay with Britain. I would, I would vote, I, don't, I mean, I've sort of maybe got a, a little bit more simple. I, I, I think it's too soon to have another vote. It is too soon to have another vote. I totally get that the, the, the fundamentals have changed, but just at least give people time to recover. I, I, if I was the SNP, I would be very cautious about this because they are, once this is done, then that whole cause is done for a generation with them. Do you know what I mean? It really is. You can't be going on about another you know, another vote again for a minimum 20, 25 years. So so I'm, I'm surprised that they want to head into it now, but maybe they're thinking like, you know, they're so angry. They want to trade on the anger that people in Scotland have for how Brexit was conducted and they don't feel that they were listened to. But on the other hand, leaving the EU is a little bit more parlous. Do you know what I'd do? All right, James, I'll toss a coin. And if the Queen's head comes up, then that will be a message. Let's leave it that way, all right? God save the Queen. Okay, what's the next layer here? Um, we already dealt with Alex talking about will Fury AJ become part of the culture war. Uh, this is from Jeremy. Um, hello, it's not Mr. Corbyn, is it? He's got a bit more time on his hands these days. Hello, this is an email from one of my constituents. Do you remember that? When he got in power and everyone's like, it's going to be a nicer kind of politics. And then within about a minute and a half of him reading out one of those flipping emails, 
he, we realised that nicer politics is really boring, didn't we? Because he was going, this is from this is from Mandy, and she is from Dalston, and Mandy says, like, what are you doing, man? Like, this is your first PMQs. You're just lobbing up half volleys outside the off stump, but but I don't think it's that, Jeremy. Uh, he was talking about the Extinction Rebellion protests in Cambridge, right? So this is when they were digging up the lawn outside one of the buildings of Cambridge University. And he said, why aren't the police stepping in? Yeah, why aren't the police stepping in? Why, why are they so in awe? Why, why are so many parts of the establishment in awe of Extinction Rebellion and, and somehow feel that they need to be subject to different laws, right? So the Extinction Rebellion's issue was that, that Cambridge have been sort of making pro- sort of climate conscious noises but simultaneously investing in like BP. Well let me tell you, everyone invests in BP. Anyone that's got any kind of investment portfolio, mixed portfolio, pensioners, everyone, we're all we're all in BP up to our necks. We're swimming in crude oil. So, you know, like if you want to go for them because it makes you feel sexy to dig up a lawn. <laughs> we're digging up your lawn, man. I, if I was if I was Cambridge University and I was made a threat, a threat, extinction rebellion made a threat to me, I would be all right with that. I go, oh, well, you're going to dig up the, oh yeah, all right. I thought it was going to be something genuinely bad. There, I thought you're actually going to disrupt daily life at the college. You're going to dig up the lawn. I mean, like, even if you saw that, I would just see if I saw loads of badly dressed people digging up a lawn. I'd think they were just doing community service. <laughs> so yeah, why don't please step in? Well, let's be honest, right? Please, if that was loads of like urban looking young white and black lads there wearing hoodies and just with a bit of uh, edge about them, the police would have stepped right in, wouldn't they? But they just think, oh, it's, it's different. They, it seems like these lawbreakers have degrees. So let's just, uh, let's just stand there and, you know, and let's practice the next time we do break dancing at Notting Hill Carnival. What most people think. Right, this is a letter from uh, Adrian. I don't know where Adrian's from. He says, can you set an argument for me? Um, Yes, you should, and um, it doesn't matter that it's your sister-in-law. Okay, No, I'm joking, that wasn't what he said. Um, he said, should you blow cold air or hot air onto a misted windscreen? Now, Adrian, I'm really pleased that you asked me this question because this is one of the only technical questions I can answer for you. I might give it the begin and seem quite blokey. I have very little technical knowledge. All I've got is words. That's it. I can write. I can talk. I've just got, I'm, I'm completely cack-handed. Couldn't fix my own car. Couldn't change your own oil. Just, I, I don't do, I don't do like, uh, what's the word? I don't even know the word for it. When you build stuff in your house. Home, what is the word for it? Oh my God, homework? No, it's not called homework. Uh, home improvements? That's still not the word I was thinking of, but that'll do. I said, DIY, oh my God. That, if my wife hears this, she's going to piss herself laughing. That I couldn't even remember the word for DIY. I can't even remember the word do it yourself. That's how far... It's gone out of my mind. And you know the thing with DIY as well, right? If you're, the thing is, if you're a working class man who is shit at these things, how emasculating is it when you've got builders in the house? We had, we're had we recently having a bit of work done, right? And um, and yeah, just there's something about saying, do you want a cup of tea, gents, that just feminises you? You ever notice that? When you go, do you want a cup of tea, fellas? Do you want a cup of tea? I just become a mum. Do you know what I mean? All oh, you big strapping lads, look here. Mm, bet you've been working up a thirst. Do you want a cup of tea, lads? A sandwich, two round, one round or two rounds? You want big men like you consuming calories and your muscles? Um, yeah, but in this one thing, I do know the answer is that you should blow hot air, but you should turn the aircon on. Now, I don't. It'd be great if I knew why that was, but it does. It works quicker. I don't know why. Maybe it's a maybe it's a drier kind of heat. I hate it when people say that about going abroad. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a drier heat. 
just like, do you not get bored? Do you not get bored of the cliches? You know, like where where is the year gone? Where has the year gone? I can't believe it's March next week. Okay, last letter for the week is, this is from David from Kingston. He said, obviously Brexit has happened now, we've had the election result. He feels like there's not going to be any more good news stories in 2020. I mean, the great thing is, David, is that not everyone will see it your way, mate, but I totally get where you're coming from. What is there to look forward to uh, in 2020? Uh, well, there is, uh, you know, when I was on Question Time, I predicted, um, I predicted, you know, good things in the jobs market. And oh, look, the last last set of uh, ONS jobs figures uh, just more more women, more women in work, more ethnic minorities in work, more full-time work. I mean, the thing about this jobs boom, right, is that the longer it goes on, you, you'll get into a point where at some point it's going gonna, it's gonna to go into reverse. It just has to, right? You can, there's only so many people you can have in work. And then at that point, all the people that have never acknowledged uh, when it was good will, will then go, oh, calamity, there you go. You know, dead, right, right. It's like the same people who have conveniently ignored the rise in the price of the pound versus the euro and the dollar. Every time there was a dip, you heard about it, right? Um, and I, I think that happened with the jobs market. I think it will continue. And I, I, I've got a hunch that the um, the GDP figures, I mean, this isn't like fun stuff for you to look forward to. Oh, uh, yeah, this is how sad my life is. I no longer stay up for boxing in the middle of the night. But I tell you something, I'm up early for those GDP figures. Oh, it's like Christmas for me. I'm downstairs, huddled around my... I was going to say tranny, transistor, <laughs> huddle around my tranny, that's right, yeah, I employ a transsexual person to relay economic news to me, okay, that's how much, that's how much of an ally I am to the community, and um, I, yeah, the GDP figures will be good, I reckon, because they already showed that in December there was a pickup after the election result, I think there's a bit more certainty in business now, I think we're going to see, we're going to see good numbers on that board. Uh, England, I, I stand by, England are going to win Euro 2020, the finals at Wembley, because I think we're all thinking we're going to win the World Cup and stuff, but maybe we've got to do it in grades, I think this England team are good at getting results now, I think we're going to win uh, the World Cup, unfortunately there's there's no like uh, ashes or anything like that to get stuck into, is, um, yeah, you, you know what David, you're right, there is nothing to look forward to, well you know what, you know what there is? This podcast, David, what most people think. Um, but just, I hope that there is stuff for us to think about. Um, we need we need news, don't we? <laughs> Anyone else feeling like that? Sort of missing the battles of last year? I don't think there's going to be a moment politically this year, like Jeffrey Cox, when he went to town on the zombie opposition. That was amazing, wasn't it? Old Mufasa, when he went off on one. He had, You're sitting there. You're a dead parliament. How's he going to get... Any better than that? I mean, what are we going to have? We're going to have the new Labour leader. I think here's a few things, right? Keir Starmer, and it's looking like Keir Starmer. I keep your corporation tax up. It wasn't really down, was it? But he he will get so we'll have his first few PMQs against Boris, and he'll he will think he can go big on the detail. So um, that'll be an interesting clash of styles, right? Then we're gonna have there's no there's no great films this year either. Last year I was looking forward to like Rise of Skywalker and stuff like that. Oh, here's a thing: Disney Plus for any Star Wars fans. Disney Plus launches in the UK in March. I need to get some advertising, mate. You know what I mean? I'm just plugging these things. But I, I love what I love. I love KFC. I, I think Disney Plus is gonna be great, and they're gonna have the Mandalorian um, on that. And um, yeah, I you know I'm gonna be touring until April. There's something I look forward to. Get a ticket. To my, to my show but yeah I think you've raised a good point there David from Kingston thanks for depressing us all yeah there's nothing that big to look forward to cheers
Okay, that is pretty much the end of the show. If this was your first time listening, I hope you enjoy it. Could you recommend it to a friend? Could you do that? Hey, you know, I've taken time out. You know, I've had the missus was giving it the eyes when I was going up to do my little project. So, um, yeah, come buy tickets for the tour. That would be a good thing to do. If you want to say thank you, leave a review on iTunes. Uh, five stars, if, if you will. If you will. I've got a couple of reviews to read out. Um, so this is by somebody called Hurst Pierpoint, which I think is a place, right? So before I can know how to read this one out, I've got to check where Hurst Pierpoint is. You're probably going, Jeff, everyone knows where Hurst Pierpoint is. It's in, it's in Hurst. It's near a pier. And uh, it's in Sussex. Oh, brilliant. So what's the accent for that? No, no one knows how Sussex talks. No one knows. It's just generic, isn't it? It's just generic. It's just, I don't know, I'm posh probably. Hurst Pierpoint. Uh, anyway, the person, let's judge by their name. Do we have a name here? No, we don't. Anyway, this person, uh, an interesting and funny perspective on what's going on in the world from an everyman perspective, which apparently is right wing these days. You're damn right, baby! Uh, saw Jeff live in Bridport yesterday. Jesus, you came away. Thank you for that. Uh, and he was excellent. I was excellent. Uh, a really funny two-hour show with excellent support from Constantine. Yeah, Constantine was great. Uh, he's been doing... And most of the tour shows will be just me for this tour because obviously I've got a load of material now, but I um, I will have the occasional bit of support. Um, and then the other, the other one is from DR1967. Um, and this is... This could be a Russian bot. <laughs> Let's just do this one as a Russian accent for no apparent reason. This is in reference to me talking about on the last podcast about stabbing pains in the arsehole. Uh, I just wondered, I reached out to see if there's anybody in that community, you know, and if, if you know, you'll know already straight away. It's the savage stabbing. Anyway, he said, um, about time stabby bum got some recognition. More common sense than might be good for you. Fill your locals. And I am Sergei Buka. Um, I don't know bit the last bit comes from but uh, yeah thank you for those reviews i will be back um in a couple of weeks and yeah if, if anyone fancies a tally chart on the amount of swears this week i don't know i don't know i feel like i kept it under double figures i kept it under double figures so flip you right bog off you shyster and fiddlesticks to all you what most people think